Hello, beautiful beings, and welcome back to Superpowers of the Soul. I'm your host, Amorica Kimberly Fenn, and I want to welcome you to this extra magic-filled episode all about being an animal whisperer with today's guest, Fiona Mocklin. Fiona is an intuitive animal healer who works with all kinds of animals and all kinds of cases. And she's had a special gift with animals ever since she was a young child. And in her current work with them, you know, of all the things she's discovered, what she's really discovered is that it is rarely just about the animal she is working with, that more often than not, the animal's person finds some much needed healing as well throughout her work. And so as an intuitive animal communicator, she also channels animals and listening to her talk about the stories that she has to share, the stories that animals share with her is just way too much fun. She is a super beautiful and gifted being, so deeply in touch with nature and the animal world, and she's just got an absolute heart of gold. I'm really thrilled that she's here today to share a glimpse into her amazing world with us. So let's bring her on. Fiona, sweetheart, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so very much. I'm so blessed to be here. Mm. Well, I am so excited to talk with you today about being an animal whisperer. I mean, I was one of those kids who was a huge Dr. Doolittle fan, and I was always messing around with the cats and the dogs and the horses, but no matter how hard I tried, I never really got them to speak with me. (laughs) And so I'm so thrilled that you're here. You've had a, a pretty special gift with animals since you were a child. And I'm I'm so fascinated with all you have to share, but I'm just curious, you know, how did that early gift evolve into the, the level of intuitive healing, channeling, communicating that you're able to do with animals today? What was the projection of that? Well, um, I believe my mother saw it in me. And so my mother, uh, opened up her home to to myself and my brother having any kind of animal we chose to have. And as I got older, I started to understand, I started to get messages from animals um, that I, I started questioning. Um, you know, oh, I was hearing these voices and that's it just, just very organically, very naturally happened. Mm. Okay, well, that answers one of my questions. Do you hear voices? Do you see visions? Do they speak in English? Well, how does it work? That's fantastic. Okay, so you quite literally hear voices. Yeah, um, I, I hear voices. I get messages. I do have visions. Mm. Um, it all different. They're all different. And it's it's fascinating, to be honest mm. with you. Some animals like literally rattle off stories. I can't wait to hear some of these. (laughs) So much fun. I mean, I I had dreams of this as a child, and I think it's quite natural for for many children, actually. And there's a there's a sort of um, I don't know the word, but it, it just is really touching, you know, when you watch some of those movies and you see some of those animal interactions and you see some of the imaginations where animals and humans are connecting. I'm thinking of the Chronicles of Narnia and of course, Dr. Doolittle and those kinds of stories. Uh, and especially when animals are speaking like Charlotte's Web and, you know, just there's so much history and lore and mythology and fantasy about connecting with animals in in, in a much deeper way. Um, 
And I don't even know if I would say a deeper way, but in a way that is more akin to how perhaps humans are used to communicating with each other. I think that's more apt to say it that way because we're certainly communicating with animals and our body language and our vibes and all of that all the time. But to listen to an animal's story and to hear messages and to be able to tap into what is going on for an animal and be able to hear that in such a way and then express it in human verbiage in such a way, that's exciting. It's so exciting. Mm. And so as you really came into an understanding of of what you could do, was there any moments where you, you were really confused about what were going on? Or was it pretty clear from the beginning, oh, this animal is literally speaking to me right now? It was very clear. Um, I, I, it got much more understandable to me and easy to work with when I learned to quiet my mind mm-hmm. because they speak much clearer when mm-hmm. we are quiet because they don't like mind. They don't do mind chatter. <laughs> right. That's why they're so peaceful and blissful and in the present moment all the time. It's fantastic. Can learn a lot from animals, I would suspect. Yes. Yes, indeed. Well, I'm just as excited to learn so much from you about them. And I'm most excited to hear some of those stories. And I'm so grateful that you're here to share them with us. Before we take a short break and dive into all of that and more, Fiona, where can people go to connect with you and and find out more about you and what you're up to in the world? Are you on any socials? Do you have an email address people can connect with? I do. I have an email address and I am on Facebook and I am on Instagram um, and uh, people can find me there. Fabulous. And we'll make sure that there are links in the show page so you can go and connect with Fiona. For anybody that doesn't, uh, that's really chomping at the bit and has a pen handy. Do you want to share your email address real quick? Yes, it is Fiona's Bailey at yahoo.com. Beautiful. Okay. And we'll make sure all the links are up on that show page for you too. All right, everyone, you are listening to Superpowers of the Soul here on the Superpower Network. And we're going to take a short break and be right back to get deep into the life of an animal whisperer with Fiona Mocklin and hear some stories direct from animals, which I can't wait for when we return. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hello, everyone. I'm Tonya Don Reckla, Director of Superpower Experts. If you're ready to activate your superpowers and turn your lifetime journey into the journey of a lifetime, go to superpowerexperts.com and get started today. Welcome back, everyone. This is Amora Kai, and if you're just tuning in, today we are talking with Fiona Mocklin about life as an animal whisperer. And so before the break, Fiona, you were sharing with us that you had this gift with animals as a child, and as you grew up, it it sort of morphed into you hearing voices and, and receiving messages and even seeing some visions, and then you realized that you were you were quite literally hearing stories that animals were sharing with you. How did that translate or evolve rather into what you do today, which is more of an intuitive healing practice? You're not just communicating with animals, but you are involved in healing as well. Is that right? Yes. Yes. Um, It translates literally uh, with healing myself. 
I started doing a lot of internal work. And I, each animal I had at that time that came into my life healed different aspects for me in my life, very, very specifically. And I realized what, how powerful they are and how, how influential they are in our lives if we open our eyes and our inner eye and really see what they can do for us. And uh, that started it. And once I realized what they are here to do for us, I just, I went full board in. <laughs> okay, well, let's pick that apart a little bit because that is exceptional and it deserves a little bit of, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let's pick at that thread a little bit, shall we? Holy moly. So I love what you said about these animals coming into your life and through each animal, you sort of had your own healing experience. And you mentioned what animals can do for us once we open up our inner eyes to see. Can you help us understand that by giving a few examples? Yes. Uh, one, of my, one of my first healing animals was my heart dog. And mm -hmm. I had literally closed my heart. I had been hurt and love and my, my, you know, a lot of different situations and I'd shut it off. And this dog came into my life and was everything I had dreamed of. I waited three years for him and he just blew my whole life apart. And I remember at one stage looking at him and saying, well, I, that's it. I have to love you fully. And I opened my heart and I've never closed it again. It's, you know, he healed my heart. And yeah, my second one was my mirror. And she showed me everything in myself that I didn't like in myself. And mm -hmm. we had a tumultuous relationship when she was a baby because she was my mirror. And, mm -hmm. but she helped me start to see all the little parts of me that I didn't like, and I healed them. And then we had this, the most beautiful relationship. Um. Wow. I haven't heard anything like that before. That is so cool. Everybody's <laughs> going to be looking at their animals now going, what are you here for? What do you represent? What's going on? This yeah. is so exceptional. What a cool, cool, cool perspective and experience. So how did it come to you? Was it just introspection? Was it just uh, a willingness to see? Were you receiving messages from these animals that tuned you towards, hey, look at your heart, look at the mirror? What? How did you get there? Uh, every time, I, I knew he was my heart dog. And when I when he died, I remember being in the bathroom crying and saying, how will I go on without you? And I... I literally heard a voice that said, I'm right here. And I remember lifting up my head and going, oh, you haven't mm. gone. And it's just, it opened up more of my intuitive knowing so that I just knew. I, I and, and also, as I look back, I can now look back and see all the animals in my lifetime and how they have helped to teach me. Now, not as much as the last three because I was more awake by then. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I have so many questions. I'll start with this one. <laughs> is in your work with other people and animals, is this something you can help discern for people? Do you get a sense and a knowing of what this animal could be 
um, yes. here for? And is that the the people animal yes. connection? Okay. Yes. Um, it, it, it can be tricky because some people doubt it, that they doubt themselves. And when they doubt themselves and when they, the animal doesn't connect as strongly and they know if you've yes. got fear out in between there. And so I try to work with the, the person okay. to open up to the possibility. Right. Okay. And let's say you're with someone who is open to the possibility. Is it through connecting with the animal that you get to a level of understanding and discernment what this animal uh, might be in regards to healing for the, for the person. Yes. Or just, yes. Okay. Wow. And I know it right away. I, I get it right away. I can see it. Oh, you do right away. Oh, wow. Yeah. And do you, you have to do this in person or can you do this virtually? Can you connect energetically or do, is it, is it always in person with the animal? No, virtually is better. Better. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, you get a clear connection. When you're in person, you have the animals, the people, the the you know, all the distractions around right. can get it and it virtually I just get a very sometimes it can take depending on the animal, sometimes it can take a little longer, sometimes I connect immediately. Right. And well, you know what? I'm gonna get you to do my dog as soon as we're done here. <laughs> That's fantastic. You are so cool. Okay. That's amazing. And so you do receive a message from the animal and sometimes the person is open to it. Sometimes they just want you to quote unquote, fix their animal or help their animal. Yeah. Yeah. Not realizing their connection. Yes. I tend to work more with people that have some belief in it than those that don't. It's just kind of worth it. It's like, well, you know, you're only going to get so far. Right. Okay. So can you, can you give me an example just because I find that it's so helpful in the understanding I call you up. I'm a client. My dog is, or my cat is, or my horse is, whatever they're they've got going on. And I'd really like some help understanding. They they have anxiety or trigger barking, or they run around in circles and won't stop. Whatever it is, yeah. <laughs> I call you, and you tune in with this animal. And there's something going on for the animal, but there might also be something going on for the human. Can you give an example of that experience? Yes. Yes, I got a perfect one. Okay. Uh, a, a very dear friend whose parents had a dog, never mm-hmm. had a problem. All of a sudden, she went in the closet and wouldn't come out. She was terrified. And they didn't know what to do. So my friend asked her father, and yes, he agreed, and they reached out to me. And so I asked the man a few questions. And, of course, I found out. I All I could see was the dog's terrified in the closet and wasn't coming out. And the man was about to take a plane trip. He hadn't taken a plane trip in 20 years. And he'd had a phobia about it because the last time he had, I can't remember whether it was work related or what, but he had, he had been at a plane crash site and he'd oh. seen all these bodies. So mm-hmm. he was very traumatized. And what the dog was seeing was all these souls were attached to him. When he was going to get back on a plane, all the souls that he had stayed had had seen were all mm-hmm. in and all attached to him. And I had to go in and cut all their cords. I had to bless them, tell them they were seen, and tell them to this time they were let, they could move on. They could mm-hmm. they were and they could go. And I watched them as little lights lift up into the sky. And as soon as I finished, the dog came out of the closet and was fine. 
the dog could see them. Wow. I was just going to say, what's your theory on why? So your, your dog is seeing things at a dog. level of existence that we yeah. are not. Makes sense. Yes. Dog yeah. could see the spirit and was terrified yeah. of what yeah. she was seeing. Never seen them before on him. Wow. Wow. That's fascinating. That's a great example. Thank you. You're oh my welcome. goodness. Oh, such a good one. Okay. So when you are listening, I'm so curious about this. You know, I was going to save it to the end, but I just can't wait. Animal stories. Animals are literally telling you stories. What, what are some of the stories that animals are telling and have to tell? Well, Fascinating. I, had, I had a woman who was cat sitting. She's a friend of mine. Okay. And when the people left, she'd met the cats. Everything was fine. Mm-hmm. The, and when the, the, she, this, my friend got to the house, the cat who she had to administer medicine to, et cetera, she couldn't get near. He was hissing and growling and spatting and hiding. And she didn't know what to do. And the owners said, well, gosh, we're going to have to come home. And she said, well, I have this friend. So they said, okay, they agreed to it. And this one, I actually lived near. So I went over the minute I walked into the house, I realized this cat thought that these people hadn't gone anywhere in a long, long time. And all of a sudden they were leaving. They'd met this other woman and then they were gone. He watched them pack. He thought they left him and that this was his new owner. And he was totally not having it. So I, I read this, and I, so I told him what was going on, and right after that, everything was fine. Well, that night when I got home, both he and his sibling, uh, cat, both started channeling me, and they were just going on and on and on. Apparently, he would bully her a little bit, and she was saying she allowed it because she was really the boss. She told me this whole story <laughs> about the way he was and she was really the boss and she was the queen bee and, but she didn't mind. She let him think he was the boss because he needed that position, but she always would be. And he was really a little, little, little softy. It was, it made me laugh. I was writing so fast. It wasn't funny Mm -hmm. because. And when I related all the information to the people, they were like, that blows my mind because that's so them. <laughs> <laughs> and I I, it, I don't always get that. But in this case, yeah. I did. They were like little chatterbug kitties. Aww. Oh, it's so cute. I love that. Okay. I appreciate you sharing that with us. Um, you know, I have, I have so many questions about it, but I would love to know, <clears throat> you've been doing this for a while. And actually... I'll preface this to say one thing that really impresses me uh, about you that I find so empowering to witness in you, but, you know, empowering um, for others to hear. I always love showcasing stories about people who really get in touch with what they love most and design their life and take those leaps sometimes, if not steps towards designing their life around it. So their life is a legacy of love. They are really here. And you, um, I mean, I met you before I knew that you were doing anything with animals. And I knew you to be quite an effective uh, person to work with people in all kinds of different ways. And you were, you were really good at it, really flourishing in that. 
But you told me that you just kind of woke up one day and went, you know what? It doesn't matter to the extent that this is working well or that I'm good at this or the results are great. What I really love and what really fills my heart and what I really want to fill my world with and dedicate my life to is animals. Is that true enough as I've related? Yes, yes. And it assists people at the same time. So I'm not mm. leaving people behind. I'm still helping them, but I'm doing what I love. And I'm working with the ones I really love, which are animals, which need me. Mm-hmm. And you're right. You are still benefiting those people. So it wasn't even like you had to leave them behind, but doing it this way, you're really in alignment with what you love most. And everybody is getting served, including you and including the animals as well as the people. I really find that um, really courageous, pardon me, but also very inspiring. I think that there's a lot to be said for really being in tune with what you love most in the world and being willing to, to experience your life through that frequency, experience your life through that to get dedication, right? And yes. um, yeah, it's very inspiring to see, sweetie. Okay, so given that you're doing this kind of work in the world, you've made your decision, your dedication. What is one of the more surprising things you've learned along the way so far in this world of being an animal whisperer of yours? Well, I think I think how actually how much animals really teach us, and they they come here for us. You know, we mm. we call them in um they come to assist us they come to help us to learn and to break down barriers within ourselves if we're willing to look deep enough and Mm. i'll tell you one thing that really surprised me which i learned from my 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 female that that died uh several years ago now and when she died, she she hadn't been sick. She was fine. She was only nine. And mm. the day before she died, I got a message saying she might be leaving me. And mm. I thought, that's fascinating because she's not sick. There's, you know, but mm. I made a talking to her. And I talked to her and I told her that we would always be together because she can come back. Her spirit can come back in another body. So we'd mm-hmm. never be separated. And that I would be fine. And I loved her so much. And I wanted her to know that if it was her time, it was okay. And the next day, she fell down at the bottom of my driveway, Dad. After looking deep into my eyes. Oh, wow. And then fell over Dad. And I just, wow. And I think the biggest surprise to me was like, you know, I... I was, I had the initial sadness, but I understood it. I completely understood that she was finished. She had completed what she came here to do. And not many animals get to complete what they come to do because the people don't necessarily do the work because they don't understand it. And so I gave her a gift because I did complete the work and she knew it. And I, she was able to actually go up higher to another level. Mm, that's interesting. Uh, yeah. So say, really, say more about that, if you would. Well, yeah, she she gets to elevate her status, literally, and has more choices about her next choices for her next life. Mm. Other oh, than wow. come do the same thing over and over again, she literally lifted up her, 
her elevation to where she could go in her life hmm. and what choice she got, which I thought was fascinating. And I had no idea that happened, but I learned it. And so when you say that animals are really here to help people in many ways, I mean, are you talking, are, are you talking wild animals, domesticated animals, all animals, the animals that connect with us personally? Like what, give me a little more about I'll, I'll that if you would. Yeah, it is all animals and it is wild animals as well. It's harder for us to learn from wild animals unless mm -hmm. we can let go of the fear. Right. We can be able to really connect with them. Um, you know, a lot of them, if you're in your mind, a wild animal doesn't want to come near you because it hears the chatter. So, yeah, unless you can really clear your mind and sit in stillness, and it's not even like meditating, it's it's being in stillness with your eyes wide open, mm. but quieting your mind completely so it's not chattering. And you will find that animals will start coming around you closer and closer. The minute you think, oh, that's a beautiful deer, boom, it'll leave. <laughs> You know, <laughs> I can, I can so understand this. I have a husband that has no mind chatter, like none. I don't know how he does it, but he's in absolute control of his mind. And it, he just belongs on a mountain and he's, he's very, very happy there all by himself. It's like his happiest place ever. And the wild animals always find him. Yes. I mean, yep. he has the most extraordinary domestic too, but he has the most extraordinary experiences with the animals. They they just are magnetized towards him. They're never scared of him. They often go to him, actually. You could see some of them scared and they will hide under him. It's really fascinating. I mean, birds. Why? And, That's yeah. exactly why. That's a very great example of it. And yes. the domestic ones, you know, you know, they do, I mean, they they come purposely to assist us with, with things in our lives. Um, they get frustrated because so many people don't see it or don't realize it. And, you know, you know, and it's, it's harder on them because they, they struggle trying to get the communication over to us, you know? Right. So, so let's talk more a little bit about that. Let's say this is new to me. I'm interested in it. I'm looking at my animals a little differently, having listened to you for a few minutes here. What are some of the ways I can help? be more present to that process and expedite that process a little bit and come into knowing what they may have uh, come to, to me for what the work might be that they're here for. Well, what I, what I really work with people on is start to look at their lives and, or, or they will start telling me a little bit about themselves mm -hmm. and, you know, I'm able to see in their lives where there's something either stuck or there's something going on over here, or there's a health issue. And I'll say, you know, you might want to start looking a little deeper into that. And I'll give them tools. You know, I'll give them tools like how to practice the, the quiet of the mind. There are definite tools you can use to uh, distract your mind and you start training it. It's, it's, it's like a meditation. You have to do it over and over again and start training your mind to stop chattering. Mm -hmm. and means you have to make time <laughs> yeah 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 you'd like to do that but it's yeah. very rewarding 
Well, it's very rewarding. And, you know, there's that old saying, which I can't remember right now, but it's essentially you either make the time now or something else makes the time for you later. And so it's just whether you want to be proactive about it or at the mercy of something (laughs) in the future. I'll give you a a little quick example. I have a a friend who has PTSD Mm. and he she gets very anxious and she's always, there's always something going to be wrong, something going to be happening. And it keeps happening to her animal and her animals trying to show her that she mm-hmm. has to find ways, you know, and tools to start calming that in her. And she's got it so badly that she hears it, but she can't utilize it. She can't do it. And she keeps going around in circles and mm-hmm. It's it's a tough one to watch because mm-hmm. her dog sick. Right. You know? Okay. I can understand that. So yeah. tell me, you know, what would you say about maybe the differences, or maybe it's just a level of discernment someone like you can discern, but there are so many common behavioral issues that we hear about and see, especially in domesticated animals. And um, I've spent more time with dogs. Uh, than cats. And so I'll I'll just look at dogs for a second, but um, some of it is behavioral. Some of it is lack of uh, training, but trigger barking, um, you know, not uh, uh, really being defensive, being aggressive, needing to be out ahead, not willing to not easily train and tricks like just some of those things that you hear people struggling with and and wanting to provide good solutions for their animals how do you discern between just a behavioral issue with an animal and uh, you know that there's something there that that animal is trying to reflect for that person are they is it sometimes one sometimes the other are they always connected like what's your take on that it's always connected i very rarely ever see a behavioral issue that isn't connected to how it's treated, how they are being related to, how their human is, or how the humans have been around them, raised them, their environment, um, and they've been trying to say. Right. And nobody can hear them and nobody is listening to them. Okay. And in a, in a family space or a couple space, it, is it always with one particular person that that animal is really here about and for? And can you tell that? Or could it be mirroring different things for different people in the family? Have you ever had that situation? Yes. Yes. And it can definitely be a whole family. It can definitely be the animal is here for the entire family to help unite, you know, and help to heal different aspects of the family. Now they can be more so with one person a little bit more okay but they still are here to work on the whole unit wow yeah, it, okay. yeah it's very is very fascinating it, it really is they they can come to help you know build up like let's say you have a family with a child with a new baby mm-hmm. that animal can come to help the parents learn how to not be so suffocating to the child to the baby because it's their new baby and they're like, Oh my God, I'm <laughs> to yeah. help them with that. Mm. Wow. You know? okay. Yeah. Oh, you're so cool. You get to do the best stuff in this world. Tell me, is there anything that you notice that animals 
really want us humans to know? Have you noticed? Um, yeah, the truth. They want us to know truth. Mm -hmm. It's very important for them. I have had so many animals in, in so many different ways and different ways that I'm helping other people that have come forward and say, you know, I, I was working with a woman that was working on a screenplay, actually, and mm -hmm. was based around her father. And mm -hmm. her there were some truths that he'd never been able to share. And it was very, very important for the dogs to get that truth out because they knew the truth the whole time. And yeah. they wanted that truth to come out. And at one point, the woman had said to me, well, I, we were talking about, you know, certain like oil in certain parts of the world in the country. Mm -hmm. And she was saying, well, I read in Ge National Geographic that blah, 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 blah. And they, the dog immediately said to me, tell her, don't believe everything you read. Where do you think the book came from? <laughs> <laughs> and who do you think? And I just started to laugh because I was like, wow, it's very, very clear. You know, don't believe everything, you know, just because it's a yeah. source that's supposedly a, a big source, discern. Yeah. Wow. Oh, that's yeah. so funny. I love that. So, wow. So cool, Sweet Pea. Really, so, so cool. What would you say? If anything comes easily to mind, if it doesn't, I'll move on. But just in case it's there, what would you say is like one of the biggest career highlights for you in doing this work so far? Is there something that really comes to heart or mind? Yes, yes. The the dog that um, I briefly said, talked to you about that was in New Wales, uh, uh, Australia. Um, mm. It was, he had posted about it. I saw the post. I get, I was completely pulled. I was called. I knew I could help the dog. Mm. Without you rational mind and thinking why are you promising <laughs> to save this dog who was given three days to live oh it was only three days old i mean, I mean not three days i'm sorry it was uh three years old mm -hmm. and the organs were shutting down and yet i knew i could do something so i asked her permission she said yes and i started working on it and within a day and a half the vets got a call i mean the woman got a call from the vets and they said, we don't know what to, to how to, to explain this to you. Um, we have no reason to understand this. We don't understand this, but all it's, everything is reversing. The organs are coming back and we mm -hmm. can't explain. And the beautiful part and the thing that I've never forgotten is this dog was only three at the time. This dog just died at, I think, 11, 12 years old. Mm -hmm. And stayed with her this whole time. Now she had major healing to do, which she stepped in and started doing the work. And they had a beautiful life together for all those years. And that it touched me so much because she loved that dog with everything she had. And there was nothing she could do. And there was nothing anybody could do. And yet I knew I could do something and, and I was able to. And it, it just, I'll never forget it as long as I live. It was just such a beautiful story. And to watch the dog then for years. Wow. You know, that is stunning, sweetheart. What a highlight. But, you know, my mind goes to what did you do? What does that look like? You, you're, you're in the U.S. You got a hold of somebody all the way in Australia. What did you do? Well, remember the, the, some of the work that I did, you know, with you mm -hmm. was bringing the light in. I brought in the right. light and I spread that light 
this healing light throughout the animal and I was able to hold it mm. and able to hold it so strong when I, it took me, I'd say a night and a day to get that connection really strong. But once I did, I couldn't break. It. And I just poured that dog with healing light. Mm. And it was just this, it was like the dog was, was barely, I could barely see the dog. It was all light. Mm. Mm. Yeah. It was just amazing. Amazing. It's so powerful. And I'm so glad to hear you speaking uh, to it in that very practical way of painting that picture. I think that some of us are so used to a more mechanical view of the world where we do something really fast in response. You know, we plug in an IV, we take a bill, we, um, you know, we put a bone back in place, whatever it is, they're very immediate, you know, and, and sometimes very effective and sometimes not sadly. And when we hear things about energy healing or, um, or hands of light and all those things, we don't really understand. And we think if it doesn't happen in, in a few minutes, you know what I mean? Or we don't see light or energy shooting out of someone's hands that nothing is happening or some such like that. But you speaking to that silent mind, that quiet mind, that absence of chatter, that depth of focus, that connection, the time it took you to forge that connection. Um, I think that's really, really important to speak to and paint a picture of. Uh, and the results speak for themselves, of course, but I always like to reverse engineer things and really look at how things are happening uh, so they can be repeatable. I mean, yeah, the more, the better. And as far as this is concerned, what an epic moment for you. I can only imagine how you all felt. Yeah. And I've had people where I was invited to, to, to do some work with, with a few people that all wanted some animal communication. Well, mm-hmm. they were very used to somebody different to the, the way they were used to animal communication. They wanted me to come in and tell them each what, what their dog's favorite food was, what their dog's favorite this was, what their dog, so that I could prove myself to them. And I right. had to explain to them that's not the what, what I do. Yeah. 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 They tell me differently. And I had everybody but one woman that, that appreciated what I did. The rest of them didn't want anything to do with it because they wanted that kind of traditional oh, animal yeah. community that told him them you know yeah Yeah, that's that's worth speaking to it's very different hearing this description it's much more holistic it's much more multi-dimensional and the stakes are higher when you have to look at yourself in relation to all the relationships surrounding you I mean there's some patterns of belief and thought that that suggests that everything to some extent is a mirror and an opportunity for you to see inside of you by looking outside of you at what you see, which includes your home spaces, your environments, your relationships, and of course your animals. That makes complete sense. Um, can in so I tell many you, ways. Yeah. Uh, real quickly, my, my, one of my, my, my heart dog. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was probably halfway through our life, he, he got very sick. And he had intestinal symptoms and he almost died several times. And this is so fascinating because he was still alive. And all of a sudden I landed in the hospital and I was almost dead. I had a vision. The only reason that got me into the hospital, the vision scared me. I had most of my intestines removed. What? I had 
Yes, I had all the symptoms that he had. He was trying to show me what was coming if I didn't pay attention. Oh my gosh. I had every single, I mean, I, I lost most, I was on a, on a colostomy bag for five months because I had most of my colon and large intestine removed. I had my appendix removed. I had my ovary and tube removed. All massive. I had no idea. Yeah. I had no symptoms. Whoa. And they told me if I had not come into the hospital, I would have been dead by that afternoon. I would have been dead. Okay. He was trying to show me what was coming. Once I went through it, I saw it, it was so clear, like, oh, my God, he knew. Wow. And, wow. Yeah. It, and see, this is, that's, an, that's a, an extreme extent of an animal that you're so close to that will show, I mean, yeah. take it far. But they do. They do. They will do anything for us. Oh, sweetie. Oh, that's so precious. That brings tears to my heart. That is so, so precious. Oh, I just appreciate you so much for coming on and sharing all this with us. I think that there are so many people in the world that would uh, not just benefit from hearing more about this and allowing it to come more alive in their lives, but I think that it's such a cool perspective uh, from what I hear other people doing, which is just as valid, of course, but I love having different perspectives. Yes. And I think that some of what you shared here is just so spectacular for people with animals, for people who are already working with animals in different capacities, for people who have never heard of it before and are ready, you know, to open themselves up to a different experience of life with their animals and what's possible. I just think it's so cool. So cool. Before we begin to wrap up, is there anything you didn't get a chance to share with us today that that you think we should know or that you just feel inspired to share? I think the one thing is just to look at your animal a little differently. Start seeing your animals as the gifts that they are, that they come here to share such a beautiful gift. And we just haven't even really awakened to see it. And I think more and more people are starting to connect more to their animals in ways, but they don't necessarily see that they come here to help, help us learn more about ourselves. Yeah. Wow. Oh, wow. Fiona, sweetheart. Thank you so much. What a super fun, wonderfully inspiring conversation. I mean, you have such a cool superpower and it's so, so fun to hear about it, but also so touching, you know, and you've opened up a lot here today. So thank you for sharing yourself and your experiences just so generously, I would say. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me on here. This has been really wonderful to speak about. I'm so glad. I'm so glad. And thank you, dear listeners, for being here with us too, as always. As always, I hope this episode serves your highest possible good and that it inspires you to seek and find examples of ever greater possibilities in your own life experience as well. And that it inspires you to perhaps look at and connect with the animals in your life in a different way than you have up until now. And may it serve all. Until next time, may your own superpowers of the soul shine bright in a world that so profoundly needs your light. Much love and many blessings to you all.